0: Hey, what's up, family? Welcome to my live Q&A. Hope y'all are doing exceptionally well. Hope y'all are having a great um, start to your week. Hope y'all had a great 4th of July. Um, and I look forward to serving y'all on this live Q&A. So if you're watching me for the very first time, my name is Joshua Eze, also known as Coach Josh. And my goal is to help make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. And after watching this live Q&A, like, man, I like this guy's vibe. Make sure you subscribe, but also hit that bell so that you will be able to engage, so you'll be able to get the notification right away, so you'll be able to get your question, and I would love to serve you in that way, but for those who's been subscribed to my YouTube channel, for those who's listening on my podcast, everyone who's been a part of the, the family for years, days, weeks now, I want to say thank you all so much for being a continued support. I really appreciate how all you all just are just so generous with your time, your, your giving, your support, all that good stuff, so I, I appreciate you all for that, but let's get right into it. I'm going to see who's all in the live feed. I'm going to give you all an opportunity because I know this is a different kind of hour. It's the lunch hour, so we'll see um, how many people come and um, will be a part of this live Q&A. And for those who want to learn more about what I do, get more resources and tools, make sure you check out my website, IamUnplugged.com for card games, books, um, courses, resources, all that kind of stuff is available on my website, IamUnplugged.com, ways for you to support what I do on this channel, all that good stuff. Let's see. I kind of bought you all some time. Let me see who's got the first question. I'm gonna switch my logo up there. There we go. All right. LV says, hey coach, hope all is well. All is well. Thank you. Thank you. Um, please forgive me. Inuka. Hi, coach. Thank you for pointing out wisdom, pouring out wisdom. God gets the glory. It's an honor to serve you all. Thank you so much. Uh, Princess, what's going on? Hey, from Jamaica, Jay Miller, what's going on? Yvonne, what's going on? Say, hey, Mr. Es, it's a night. Hey, girl. Thank you for joining me live, girl. Good to see you, kid. I see. you. Jenny D says, hey, Coach, tuning, tuning in from Canada. God bless. God bless you, too. Jamil said, I got the first question. Here we go. Hey, Josh, hope your 4th of July was great. It was great. How was yours? Hope yours as well. My question is, I keep praying and repenting, but still not being perfect. I want God to take me seriously what to do. Um, well, first, you have to understand if God didn't take you seriously, he wouldn't have sent his son. So he takes you very seriously. God also takes you very serious because the word of God says that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Fearfully is the key word. He made you with, uh, with fear, with reverence, that he respected his creation to a degree that he wired you so specifically in his very detail. He is very serious about you. The number thing, the second thing I want to say is you got to make sure you understand that none of us are going to be perfect. God chose you with your future mistakes in mind. Like when I have a child, I'm already going to, when we go to ride the bike for the first time, I'm already going to be aware that my child is probably going to fall a few times. So I'm not just going to avoid the bike riding process because I don't want her to fall or him to fall. That's part of the process. I went outside with her brand new bike with the intent. Knowing that there will be a possibility that she was going to fall, but my foresight makes me uh, makes me uh, poised and at peace because I know that I see her riding already. See, God already sees you overcoming that issue. He already sees you uh, uh, processing or going or moving beyond. He already sees it. That's for, that, that's why he's not worried about uh, whether you're going to fall or not. He chose you with your falls in mind because his foresight, his omniscience already sees you riding smoothly. So don't worry about uh, uh, the mistakes that you're making right now. The, the main thing that you should be concerned about is, is, is my heart right? If your heart genuinely desires to be in the will of God and you genuinely desire to do things the right way, that's a good fruit that you're saved. And rejoice in that. Rejoice in that that, that God is invested and that there has been a heart change and that you're ready to move forward. So don't don't go to God uh, with a limited view of him. View him as a loving father. View him as a father that already sees you riding while helping you off the ground, helping you back on your bike. So what you do right now is that you, you take some time to research um, on the attributes of God. Maybe look up some scriptures about the love of God and saturate yourself in those, those texts. And, and then you will be able to see your joy and your strength to help you accomplish what's next. I hope they helped you, mill But uh, know, know that you're never going to be perfect. So because uh, I used to struggle with perfectionism. And I was such a perfectionist that I, I was so bad when I was a kid. So back in my day, we had to write. There was no computers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And we don't no computers. So we had to write everything. And when I was doing my homework, if I if my pensmanship wasn't perfect, and my pensmanship is beautiful. But if my pensmanship wasn't perfect, I'll, I'll be halfway through the paper. Halfway through the paper. 75% through the paper. I'll rip it up and tear it away just because I messed up on my eyes. That, that's just not the way to live. Hope to help. JoJo Davis says, what's up, Coach Josh? It's JoJo from Fort Worth, Texas. What's going on, family? How do I realize God put a woman in my life when she's different from what I'm used to? Well, the thing is, a lot of us got a lot of things that's around us that's not going to match where we're going to be, right? Uh, uh usually in certain environments. Uh we grow, we grew, we grew up, or we grow up in certain environments that is not conducive or doesn't match or connect in any way to where God wants us. So if you meet a woman that's different than what you're used to, that's fine because um there's you don't grow in comfort zones, you grow in challenge zones. My wife challenges and not in a bad way, but just because she's the opposite, she's different than me. We're gonna naturally be iron sharpening each other, and that's part of life. And so when you don't don't go looking for uh, whether or not this woman is the one, don't go looking for because whatever you go looking for starts running away. When you keep your eyes on God and you keep developing in the things of God and you keep uh, uh, being um, productive productive with your purpose, then that young lady uh, will be revealed, right? Um, so don't get nervous about is she different than what you're used to. Be glad that she'll match where you where you want to be, and that's what you should focus on. More importantly, so what's up, Coach Josh Johnson from uh, Fort Worth, Texas? How do I realize God put a woman in my life when she's different from what I'm used to? Amen. It is what it is. The good thing is the more you become familiar with your purpose, the more you become familiar with the platform and the stage and the place that you're going to eventually become. And then when that person comes into your life, you will begin to see, oh, she matches where I'm going or she's matching where I'm already at mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, etc. Good question, though, fam. LV says used to be outgoing and friendly with people in general. However, lately I've been keeping to myself because I felt the need to be like my to be by, uh, felt the need to be, uh, okay. How do I set boundaries without being rude? Okay. Let me see if I understand your question. Used to be outgoing and friendly with people in general. However, lately I've been keeping to myself because I felt the need to be, uh, not to be with others. I'm guessing. How do I set boundaries without being rude? Well, the good thing is, um, we live in a culture where everybody has the, uh, FOMO mentality, fear of missing out. And oftentimes, the fear of missing out, having people missing out on opportunities to work on themselves, and oftentimes, as you grow and you begin to mature beyond the cultural norms, you begin to see that there's nothing wrong with being alone. There's nothing wrong with uh, 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 finding that balance, that work-life-play-life balance, that work-life, creative life balance, and and being able to um, to to navigate at the beat of the drummer. In your heart, who's the Holy Spirit, right? And so there's nothing wrong with that. Now, how do you set boundaries? Um, unfortunately, some people are going to be offended by your boundaries. Sometimes just being different sets new boundaries. So without being rude, just politely say, you know, I'm just, I'm in a season of my life where I'm working on some things and I'm that I'm excited about. And um, that's if they bring it up. You don't have to go out there and broadcast your boundaries, just reveal your boundaries, and then when people begin to cross those boundaries, polite, maybe give them grace the first time. But second time, communicate them and say, hey, at this point in my life, I will appreciate if you don't X, Y, or Z, or I appreciate if you X, Y, Z, or I appreciate if you understand why I'm doing X, Y, and Z. And if they breached the boundary then, then they never was a friend in the first place. So you don't have to be rude. Just just communicate. Now, sometimes just direct communication could come off rude to insecure people, and that's just what it is, and they're just insecure. Hope they help, family. Uh, Tanisha, uh, Tashina, what's going on? Hey, hey. Melanie Poet says, what are the signs of what are the signs God is closing doors and opening a new one? Great question. Um, When you bump into it and there's no no, there's no more freeway. There's no more flow in it. There's there's a pool in your spirit. Um, There's a sensing like the Holy Spirit will never close a door and then watch you run into it. The Holy Spirit is going to give you preliminary unctions, preliminary of uh, uh, discerning that says this seems like this is about to be over soon. I know in my life, me and the Holy Spirit are so close that I can sense a season changing weeks before it changes. That's just how he does. He's not going to change. He's not going to close the door and then watch you run into it. We run into it because we just grieve it. So Some of us learn that the door is closed because we ran into the door. Some of us learn who are seasoned, know the door has already been closed before we even get within the uh, uh, proximity of that door. Right? You also know that he's opening a new door based upon his leading. That's why the best thing that's going to help you in this situation is fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit, engaging with him, Acknowledging him more so that these situations become a little bit more familiar and, and they won't be peculiar. What I mean by peculiar, they won't just be, well, no, that's a bad word, but they, they will just be familiar and then you will know that as him, right? And so, what are the signs God is closing the door? You sense it in your spirit, you begin to see things kind of distance themselves, you begin to see doors closing. And what I mean by that, not the ultimate door, but you begin to see things that are giving signs that the door is about to close. People within that proximity begins to change. Um, uh, things are no longer the same. Uh and things are just 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 kind of waning, right? And then you begin to realize, okay, this is not as plush, this is not as colorful as it once was. This, those are typical signs of the doors closing. Signs that doors are opening is when fresh colors coming in, the Holy Spirit is leading you in, there's a sensing in, there's a knowing in your knower that, that this is a God-given opportunity. And in the meantime, just continue to rejoice in the hallway. Whether a door is open or closed, just rejoice in the hallway and, and let the Holy Spirit guide you along your way and then you'll be good. Jay Mill says, how do you reactivate how do you reactivate your gifts? Well, you reactivate them through discipline. You motivation can only get you moving a few yards. Um, discipline uh uh or mission can have you uh fulfill the whole journey, right? And so you reactivate your gifts by act by being active. That's how you reactivate, activate, uh active, make it get active into it. Uh, um, and that's why I tell people enjoy the process, love the process. Embrace the process because most of us live life as if we want the prize. All we care about is the prize or the place that we want to be. And then we we uh, uh, um, we burn out or not even burn out, but we quit because we get in the middle of the thing. and We're like, I'm not really motivated anymore. No, you discipline yourself because of a strong mission, a strong why. Right. So you reactivate your gift by getting active, get back into it, and then you will begin to find yourself uh, excited about it. You'll find yourself enjoying it. And then and then you'll be uh, 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 operating the high left in your gift. So number one question got to ask yourself is, why is my gift needed? Number two, who needs my gift? Who deserves the glory of my gift? Who will I have to stand face to face in eternity about how I use my talents in my gift? That'll get you back activated in a minute. Especially when you're aware of eternity, and that's why I got shirts like this, like you're a pilgrim. When you know that you're a pilgrim passing through this life, and that this world is not your home, and you just a pilgrim, and you know you're going to have to uh, meet your Maker one day and be held accountable for what you did, and and your body of clay, then I think you'll you'll activate your gifts and and be motivated not just because of fear, but because you honor Him. Like God gave you that gift. And there's someone that needs that gift, right? So I hope to help. Oh, you talking about gifts of the spirit? Great question. Um, well, gifts of the spirit uh, is led by the spirit, right? So I wouldn't focus so much on activating those gifts um, because those gifts should be led by the spirit and be uh, used as unction because typically I-, I say that because until you get skilled with it, where the Holy Spirit can then trust you in the giftings, right? But in the beginning stages from across the board, I I, I talk this way because Everything has to be led by the spirit of God, because what happens is if you're not led by the spirit of God early on and you're not familiar with how the Holy Spirit leads you in the spiritual gifts, then those spiritual gifts can be perverted. Those spiritual gifts can be uh, the source of your pride. And the next thing you know, uh, those gifts won't have no benefit because the spirit is not in it, if that makes sense. Great question. Joshua Pittman says, hey, coach, I have an eye condition and need healing. I've done everything I possibly can to receive. And I read that Jesus responded only healing. People when they reached out in faith, what should I do? Well, here's some things you gotta do or think about, right? Um, first off, I would do this. I would, I would, I would take a couple of days, isolate, not isolate myself, but still myself and say, Holy Spirit, you know the source of this ailment. Holy Spirit, reveal the source to me, right? Um, Because if I heal you, like if I pray the prayer of healing right now and you don't have the uh, 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 habitual or the habits, healing habits to follow it, then that's a waste of healing. Healing happens when habits change. So if I come and lay hands on somebody and and pray for their healing, great. And God can do it, right? But, but what if that person, if I'm praying for them to be healed from diabetes or I pray for them to be healed from a heart issue, right? But that person is going to eat sugar the next day or that person is going to eat a bucket of fried chicken the next day. Will God honor that healing? God uh, honors stewardship. God honors obedience. God honors those kind of things because he knows it, it becomes counterproductive. If I heal someone and don't heal the source, that's why I talk about when it comes to mental stuff, um, people want mental things to be relieved off of them immediately. No, some healings require that you may have been set free. Christ has become your healing. You have been healed. But but there has to be cooperation. Right. So what that's why I will say, Holy Spirit, show me the root reason to why I have this eye problem he may say stop chewing this gum he might say stop eating these kind of foods he may say stay away from these different things so what i will do is i will research your particular issue and say what could be possible the root issues and what is the healthy way the holistic way for this to be healed they may say hey those who eat a lot of sugar typically have these issues people eat these kind of foods and then you begin to change your diet and then you begin to see um healing taking place because why would god be in the healing business hear me why would God be in the whole healing business if he gave us an immune system? Usually any type of physical issue boils down to some gut issue, boils down to some eating habit, uh, boils down to some level of anxiety or stress. Those are the root issue. Disease is the root of distancing, one being distance from ease, distance from peace. Or distance from things that that brings peace to the cells of your body, that doesn't aggravate your cells and then brings cancer cells and, and other issues like that. So what I would do is, this is my advice to you, I would take a couple of days, spend time with the Holy Spirit, still yourself, uh, uh, and go. You can go for a walk. You can go to a room in your house where you know that you can really can really be yourself with God and say, Holy Spirit, reveal to me the root issue to this eye problem. And then after you do that, then go into some research. You reach out, then you research. You reach out, you research, and then you release your faith. And, and you and you bring into ritual, new ritual, new uh, regiments in regards to eating better, exercising, and then the Holy Spirit will begin to show you, change these certain lifestyle issues, and then you'll see that issue change. That's the best advice I can give you, fam. Because healing happens when habits change. Also, others have been affected negatively because of me stopping my level interaction. That's, that's fine, LV. Listen, if your life is based on my presence and you can't appreciate my absence, then what's the point of you being present in my life? You're no longer a present. You're not a gift to me anymore. So if they've been affected negatively, then they, you've became too much of a source to them. And they have to they have to understand that you're not their source. You're a resource. But you're not their source. So even if they get upset about it, uh, 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 that's a good sign that that person has a, a issue uh, with themselves and and their value is because of you. And that's not beneficial to you. You got to do what's best for you. And, and the rest, the rest will fall where they fall. Jenny D says, is it OK to cut off certain people in your life? Yes. Yeah, OK. I've had a few friends from high school that are very into the world. And since focusing on Christ, I don't think the friendship is helping. me cut them off or distance yourself. I give the analogy of the rope. Um, some people, you cut the rope off. Hey, we no longer good for each other at all. I'm gonna cut this rope. We're just no longer gonna be, on the, we're no longer gonna be those kind of friends. We're not on the same word, on the same sentence, on the same paragraph, on the same page. Now, there's some people that you can be friends with because they're not on the same word, they might be in the same sentence. They, they're a little bit behind you. Or a little bit ahead of you in the sentence. Oh, you may be on the third sentence, but they're on the same paragraph. Those people might be okay because they're still reading. But if, if you on page 37 and they still on page 21, that person's not a good friend. You might want to cut them off because they ain't trying to catch up. They're not trying to be purposeful. They're not even trying to progress, right? So how do you cut people off? Um, number one, you cut them off first in your action. You don't got to tell people that you're cutting them off because then that's going to cause unnecessary drama. You just change. You just make change. How you cut someone off? See, you make a change. Just change in your actions. And if they notice your change, you give them understanding on why you had to do the situation. And if and if they and if they get mad about that, you go where you celebrate, not where you tolerate it. You just keep taking your stuff and keep moving on. And so, if your change typically will make will show an effect, but if they come back, I'm like, why are you different? Just brand said, Hey, typically, what I would say to people say, I've been working on myself and getting some things done. You don't got to tell them everything. And if they start getting kind of, um, like I said, with the person above you, getting all in their feelings and stuff. You owe nobody no explanation after that. And if they're not helping you anymore, it's okay to move on. Like, man, uh, let me tell you something about friends. You're going to lose some. And that's part of life. You're going to lose friends in life. But that's why if you befriend God and you be your first best friend, you won't need no other friends. No new friends. Unless unless they're a friend given by God. But, but I hope they help. Hey, Unique, what's going on? I'm glad that was a blessed, Jamila. We'll do good. Good. Uh, Jody Real says, "Why did we do things that we know are wrong? Premarital sex, pornography, et cetera. Because we're fallen. We live in a fallen world, and and there's fall and there's temptations that comes with it. Um, and we are we are of oh, for those who haven't been saved, we are of our father Adam, and that's part of this the disease of sin that we all have this issue in us where you can't you don't have to teach kids how to do wrong. Kids will lie. Before they even know what a lie is, kids will uh, uh, be angry and sin <laughs> because that's just that's how we're wired, right? You have to teach a kid how to tell the truth. You have to teach a kid how to do the right thing. That's just how we are. We live in a fallen world. That's what builds that love and appreciation for Jesus. Hey, he save me from myself. Save me from these dark feelings. Save me from this. And then live a life of and say guide me through this not only to save me through this but guide me to where i can overcome this right but we do things that we don't want to do because of lack of discipline a lack of understanding uh, uh we're talking about those who are already saved so if you already been saved and sealed by the spirit of god uh, it becomes difficult um because of of environment it becomes difficult because of a lack of discipline It becomes difficult because of a lack of accountability. It becomes difficult because of a lack of understanding. And the more you gain understanding, the more you start getting more into discipline, the more you begin to welcome accountability. And the more you begin to understand life and all that kind of stuff, then you will begin to see with those support systems, with the leadership of the Holy Spirit and a strong why that makes you productive, right? Then you won't even uh, crave sex and, and all that kind of stuff. And so w- let's talk about that specifically: premarital sex and pornography. Um, those issues is because that area has been awakened. When we, when we, when we give that head of ours leadership, that thing will lead the ship. Simple as that. That's why you gotta over time make that area dormant. You make it, er- make the area dormant by leaving certain environments. If you notice that certain uh, environments in your life are, so, are too sexual, you leave that environment. When you begin to see, hey, I struggle with this, find a brother that will check on you every week, that will that will welcome your honesty with tender love and care. Who will say, hey, I've been there. This I can guide you through it. Hey, did you uh, did you do anything with anybody this week? Did you do anything on the computer this week? No, on the phone. You didn't. okay? Good. And then. Uh, 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 that person will help you make the adjustments you need to make. That person will help you um, navigate, you know what I'm saying? And, and help you accelerate growth, right? Because you have accountability. Also, you got to gain better understanding of yourself and better understanding of that area of your life and better understand The reason why I tell me you got to be very careful because you don't know what you got until you got it. You don't know what you got until you had sex already with that woman. You don't know what you got. Now you done got in there and you done wasted all that energy and sowed seed in a woman. And you know how we are, fellas. Once, In that certain season of our lives, once it's gone, once you done, uh, I've got kids watching, but once it goes, that head is done. Then you start thinking. You start looking around and be like, oh, why am I even here? That's why ladies, guys be zipping up pants and getting out the room because they want you. That's why I tell women, don't be so confused by a guy's want of you when he wants to be in you. When a guy wants to be in you, he'll make you feel like you're the most wanted woman in the world until he busted that nut. And once he goes, now he start acting nuts and start walking out the door. And all of a sudden you're confused because the energy shift and all of a sudden he was so into you, made you feel like you was the only woman in the world. And then when he goes, he goes. And that's why I tell fellas, that's why it's important to have a wife, because you have more understanding of why you are with her that's why when you understand the power of sex you start understanding the power of of a man's seed do you know why you think that when a man goes it it takes all that energy and you and you you're like your body shaking oh, I ain't trying to get grabbed but you know what I mean when that process goes is because you are channeling in life it wouldn't take that much power to sow a life or a potential life. And when you begin to realize that whoever sows the seed is responsible for the yard, is, whoever sows the seed is responsible for the garden, then you will take the garden and the fruit seriously. So if you look at that woman like that's not a garden I want to tend, then you won't go in. If you notice know a garden you don't want to tend, you won't know, you won't place no seed in. And also, if you don't want to gain fruit from that garden and then have to tend the garden, the, the garden and the fruit then you'll say, I ain't going to sow my seed here. So that gives you, that get rid of premarital sex. And you would be like, hey, first off, the number one thing that would get you over is realizing this ain't the way God wants you to do it. And there's consequences with it. You got to think three moves ahead, not just one move with your head, right? But also with pornography, you got to ask yourself, what is the root of pornography? Do you know pornography was used as a weapon against armies to weaken soldiers, to get soldiers too weak and distracted from battle? That's what the devil used for us as men and women, to get us so caught up in our feelings, so sexually triggered, that that we're so turned on and we got that area so triggered by this false sense of pleasure, that when we go in the world where there's pleasure, uh, 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 uh delicacies, and leggings everywhere, and people dressing like this, you're always, he could trigger you at any given moment and throw you off your focus. And then when you get married, pornography is not going to be a benefit. Because then all of a sudden you're gonna wish that sh- you're gonna hope that she will be as fit as the one you've been watching on these flicks. The next thing you know, you'll wonder she can't do splits like the girl in the flicks. Then all of a sudden you're not you're not gonna be satisfied with what you get from your wife, and that's unfair to her. You can't you can't compare. Um, um, I can't go to the YMCA and expect everyone to play like Kevin Durant. <laughs> I can't expect everybody to play like LeBron James on my team, Kyrie Irving. I can't expect that. And so you can't expect going into a marriage expecting your wife, who's an average, uh, average hooper, to hoop like Kevin Durant. He's a professional. So when you go, when you notice that only four hundred people are professional basketball players in the NBA, and the rest of us just just play regularly, then then that false expectation won't be in your marriage because you'll realize my wife ain't even thinking about doing tricks like that. My wife is focusing on keeping a home, a home and keeping me uh, um, uh, um, 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 strong and confident. So those are quick advices there on that. Um, So I hope that helped, fam. But going to Unique Lee, last one I got to go. So I only want to do 30 minutes today. I might, well, I might go a little longer. I don't have much to do. Let me see. I might go a little bit longer. Speaking of work-life balance, how do you maintain discipline others when a busy schedule comes into place? I'll be soon working full time in school, full time and parenting full time. Well, you need you have to always ask yourself, um, am I putting too much on my plate? The Bible says he will. The Bible says God will not put more on us than we are able to bear. But that doesn't uh, that doesn't eliminate the idea that we will put on ourselves more than we can bear. And so that's what you got to do uh, uh, is if the Holy Spirit led you to it, he'll give you the grace to do it. Right, But you also got to be uh, a willing to submit all ideas to God and say, is this what you want me to do right now? Because the blessing of the Lord adds no sorrow. So that's the first thing I would do is ask the Holy Spirit, are all these three different things for me to do right now? And then be OK with his lordship saying, hey, cut this off. Let this go. Think about this. Do this. And you will have a better outcome than that, than, than trying to manage all this unnecessarily. But if the Holy Spirit is leading you to it, he'll give you the grace to do it. You just have to make sure this is where he's guiding you to. Because if he guides you in it, he'll give you the grace through it. Speaking of work-life balance, how do you maintain discipline others when a busy schedule comes into place? I can help you that just with the basics of it. Um, I don't know if you're talking about disciplining yourself. Or others. I'll be soon working full-time in school, full-time, and parenting full-time. That's you gotta think about that, fam. That might be a lot. But the whole spirit, I mean, you know, you, you know, I believe anybody, you know, uh, you I believe y'all know the whole spirit. So, so take that with a grain of salt. But um, just think it through. Um, uh, because you don't want to be too busy that you neglect your kids, man, or neglect or hinder you from being the parent you can be. But at the same time, nothing wrong with having goals. It ain't nothing wrong with having goals, but just make sure it's the Holy Spirit guiding you through that because the Holy Spirit, uh, uh one of his uh, attributes with us and his interaction with us is the grace to do it. There's going to be some hard seasons where you got to manage a lot. But if the Holy Spirit knows you're going through some turbulence, he'll give you the grace to navigate it. Right. But you wanted to be what he guided you through. Hope to help. Reaching High says, when it comes to divorce, when the Bible says if you marry a divorced woman, you commit adultery, does that mean you can't remarry after being married? Uh, I'm not well versed on that. I would definitely take a look in that, but I'm not going to toss an answer on that particular angle, right? I got to better understand that text. I haven't haven't been through that text. I've been through the text through reading some, but I haven't did a study on that to understand it fully enough to give you the advice on that, right? Um, So I'll leave it at that. I ain't just gonna throw something out there and I I ain't. I want to make sure I give you from full knowledge. Bless you, too. God, honest stewardship. That's right. Josh Pittman says, Hey, coach, I'm going through a huge problem right now. I work flex at Amazon and had to wait two weeks to switch to full time today, which means two weeks of no pay and lost a lot of money because of that. Next. And now today they tell me that I will have to wait a whole month for my switch to happen. So that will be a full month of losing money. I don't know what to do. Well, that's what you do. You get in your car and you look for who's hiring. Just get a job. That's what I would do, man. Because as a man, that's what a man got to do. A man can't wait for money. That's a part of us learning how to, how to, uh, uh, um, because what would happen if you had a family right now, you, treat all single men, treat every situation as if you had a full family at home. And, and you, you will get things done. Like if I lost my job right now, I'm not gonna wait a month. I will be at McDonald's, I will be at Burger King, I would be on somebody's construction site, I would do uh I've done before, I've done uh Instacart before, ran up on somebody's house and they was like, hey, you coach Josh, yeah, that's me. And I'm on Instacart and ain't and ain't embarrassed about it. <laughs> you certain seasons require you to do what you gotta do. <clears throat> Excuse me. So what I'm saying is, a man gonna do what a man's got to do. So if you got to wait a month to get money, then it's time to go find a job right now. Find somebody's construction site, find a grocery store, find somebody hiring because they keep switching up. What happens if they switch up again? You two months out of work. Get another job. And then when you when they tell you, hey, it is definitive that you work a day, then you get you two weeks notice at McDonald's. Get you two weeks. <laughs> you don't gotta you don't gotta eat McDonald's food to work at McDonald's. I could be a whole vegan and work at McDonald's if I have to. <laughs> I could be a whole vegetarian and work at Burger King if they hire and if I got to. That's just part of being a man, my friend. That's what I would do. Thanks, Coach. You're welcome, G D. That's good, Coach. God get the glory. Why it's is so good? God gets the glory. Wow. God gets the glory. Hey, Coach. What's going on, Divinely? Predestined? What's going on, Aisha? A-A-I-E? Asia, I think. Dwight, D, Dwight, how do you focus to level up after a breakup from betrayal? Well, this is what you do. First of all, you realize people are people. One thing I learned in life, you got to know your rank in people's lives. And when people begin to rank you down and rank somebody up, that's just life. That sounds easy because now you're doing with the emotions. I'm just giving you the reality. People are going to betray you. People are are not who you are to them sometimes, right? So how do you focus on leveling up is to realize, number one, I'm going to take some time uh, uh, um, to just uh, count my losses. You don't win and lose. You win and learn. Learn from it if you want to earn from it, but definitely don't burn from it. If, if you don't learn from it, you will burn from it. And you will burn with desire in you for so long. You'll start building resentment. you start building selfish ambitions. You'll start building ambitions that's going to try to make them feel bad. Or you're going to be sorrowful and try to wish that you had them, all that kind of stuff. That's, not, that's a waste of time. So number one, Learn from it. So get a sheet of paper right now, d right, and write down everything you could learn from that relationship. Go back to relationship and look at all the red flags that you missed and write all those red flags down. Write down all of the stuff that you overlooked in yourself, that position you not to be ready for. Write all that down and learn from them and say, you know what? This is what I need to look out for. Number two, you got to forgive them. First of all, you got to forgive them. Then learn from them. Forgive them. Jesus on the cross said, Father, forget it, for they know not what they do. If she knew, or he, I don't know if you're a lady or a man. If she knew, that's why I feel, honestly, that's life. You know how many exes people was like, yo, you know, wish they had me back? Probably do. That's life. But they can't have me. Simple as that. And some people, they don't know what they did at the moment. And then they wake up one day and be like, man, I made a mistake. But you got to level up Why they Why they left. Because if you don't level up after they left and when they come to their senses and come back, just because somebody comes to their senses doesn't mean they made changes. Just because somebody came to their senses doesn't mean they made changes. And what oftentimes happens is we don't level up when a person left. And then when that person comes to their senses and comes back, we welcome them back, but they didn't make any changes. So so you, you, you level up by saying, okay, now that I'm by myself, great. Don't look at a breakup as, oh. look at a breakup as, this is awesome. <laughs> don't be like, oh, like, this is awesome. If you don't say oh, add some some to it. This is awesome because I get an opportunity to work on myself. I get an opportunity to make changes and grow. If you a man, I get an opportunity not to spend no money on no girl. That's good. You get to save money. Look at the. Be optimistic. Change your perspective. Look at what you get to have now. You get to have more time. Whoo less drama, less headaches. Because if she betrayed you, or he betrayed you, or broke up with you, didn't had to be some drama. Or if you feel guilty and you feel like you the one pushed them away, let them go away and learn, and say, hey, I'm gonna make these changes and I'm gonna do what I do. And definitely don't try to get a new relationship. But this is an awesome opportunity. You get to grow. You get the you get to buy. If you're a man, you get to buy a meal. Don't gotta share. <laughs> You can now spend that money on your business. Now, if you're a woman, you don't got to worry about uh, um, uh, just him aggravating you. You don't got to worry about him fidgety and all that kind of stuff. You don't got to worry about him touching all on you on times you don't want to be touched. It's an awesome opportunity fam. So what you got to do is look at what you got to improve on and make those improvements. Uh, hey coach, I keep seeing the number 22. Is God trying to get my attention? God can use a lot of different numbers. I don't know what numbers mean, that's not my lane. Um, oftentimes, when people ask me about dreams, it's not my lane. But my wife, well, she they her and her mom, they know dreams. I tell you that she's gifted in that. But when it comes to numbers, I don't know. I, I do see numbers a lot. I do see one, two, three, four a lot. I see 12 what I mean 1234. I see that a lot. I see 1111 a lot. I see uh, my birthday a lot, 1231. I see a lot of numbers a lot, but I don't put no stock into it. Um, I just put it on the shelf. If it means something, God will give the interpretation. Don't go looking for meanings because the devil loves looking for people that's looking for meanings for something. He'll give a false meaning. Just, just, okay. I noticed 22. What you can do is when every time you see 22, what's going on in your life? What are you thinking about? What's going on? Look around when you see 22 and see if there's anything you need to see and just keep moving on. Then the see, put on the shelf. That's the best advice I can give, but don't, don't go, don't go deep. Don't go deep on it. Don't, Don't need to go deep. How do you heal from past relationship attachment after you ever break up? Well, like I told my friend above, you have to learn from it, or you'll burn from it. Learn from it. Get, on, get, get in, don't don't try to learn in, internally. Learn externally. What I mean? Get a sheet of paper and write things out. Because it's something about writing things on paper that helps you 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 to see ah that makes sense, right? So because if you if you leave it in your emotional room, your feelings gonna grab your logic. Your logic gonna grab your feelings. It's gonna be a war. Quarrels inside yourself, wars inside yourself. The truth trying to bring you into freedom, and then your feeling trying to bring you back into the bondage or back into that relationship with them. So what you do is get on a sheet of paper and write down what you can learn from that that relationship, and 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 heal. And the way to heal is is to put your hope in God, because the only reason why you got hurt in the first place, because possibly you put your hope in your own self or put it uh, uh, in someone else. So you got to you got to you got to put your hope in God. Um n- number 2 you got to start eating right, elevate, elevate your health. Exercise, eat, um drink more water, get your gut better. That will help with the emotional part. A, um get uh get active into your purpose. That's how you heal. Get active into your purpose. L, just keep leveling up. That's how you heal. Put your hope in God. E Elevate yourself through exercise, eating right, get your diet together. Because sometimes most of our uh, emotional issues come to a, do is due to a poor gut. A uh, um, start acknowledging God more, and a uh, what did I say what a was acknowledge God more, meaning just let God guide you so you don't find yourself in hurting situations again. And a was um, I forgot what a was, but y'all put it in the comment section. A and an L is uh, walk in love with that person. That's L. Walk in love with that person. And, and, and keep leveling up. That's what I would say. Time's up here to my spirit. Gotta go. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Um, books, card, games. And the reason why I do that, because if the Holy Spirit tells me to stop, there must be something he needs me to start. So this is a learning attempt, too. I can go for another hour if I could. But the moment you hear, that's it. I saw, every time I hear my spirit say, that's it. That means we're done. So let me stop. <laughs> so go to my website, iamunplug.com, for more tools, uh, books, card games, resources, areas for you to support what I do. If you want to give the support what I do on this channel, support or join in Patreon, all that good stuff. Go to iamunplug.com. Books like The Purpose of Singleness. Books like if you need, you've got Soul Ties, The Purpose of Freedom. Books if you need some help with dating yourself, God, and uh, becoming dateable, dating prep. Also got this new book that just came out, Counterfeit a Counterpart. How to continue to discern the will of God in every area of your life. All of those books, card, go, card games, tools, opportunities for you to uh, give. Support dudes all on my website, IamUnplugged.com. I love y'all. Y'all be blessed. I'll see y'all next time because I got to obey the Holy Spirit. Peace.